This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Today's show is sponsored by Harry's Razors. Get your high-quality razors for half the price. Go to Harry's.com. That's H-A-R-R-Y-S.com right now and enter the promo code BCPOD at checkout to claim your free trial set. That's right, free. And post-shave balm. That's Harry's.com. Checkout code BCPod. Mm, Matt, what a great job you did. I'm going to talk today about our show is being also sponsored by Distilled. You don't need a, to be a celebrity to look amazing. Get luxury grade denim with the perfect fit starting at just $65. That's right, just $65. Go to distilled.com slash badchristian right now and get $10 off your very first pair. That's dstld.com slash badchristian for $10 off right now. Best job ever, Toby. Today's show is also sponsored by Hint Water, infused with the taste of fresh fruit. Hint Water is pure and all natural. Right now, our listeners get a single variety pack shipped to their door, including three of Hint's four most popular flavors, which is pineapple, watermelon crisp, apple, and blackberry. Normally, this comes to you for $24. For only $15, you can get this at drinkhint.com slash badchristian. That's drink, H-I-N-T dot com slash badchristian. You are now entering the Bad Christian Podcast. Four and three and two and one. Four and three and two and one. Four and three and two and one. And when I'm on the mic, the demons run. Hip The demons run. The demons run from Big Christian Pookies. In the name of Jesus, we cast out all demons that me may Misha, oppress us. Legion. Beelzebub. Uh-uh. You out of here, Legion. You out of here, Misha. You out of here, Beelzebub. Mafia, you out, Get demon. the hell out of here. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So we got a really cool show today. It's going to be really fun. We have, the for the first time, an in-studio. I don't know about the first time, but in this format, being live on video, yeah, it is. We have our first <laughs> in-studio live guest. She's going to be right here in a little bit. Her name's Kayla. She's uh, Georgia's babysitter. She's somebody that uh, did music with me at Mars Hill. She was at Mars Hill. She was at Hillsong School in Australia before yep. that. Been in and out of prison. Yep. She's, uh, you know, grew up in as much evangelical Christianity as you could possibly be uh, and has just kind of, uh, she's told us and some friends and stuff lately that not only is she not a Christian anymore, she never oh my. was. Oh, my God. Holy mother effing shit. Matt, wait, wait, wait. You're saying she used to be a Christian. She's not. And, and. We don't we don't know Kayla. She obviously is your babysitter. Are we saying is our goal to share the gospel with her and try and change her back? Is that what this episode's about? Right. Well, I got a question, Matt. Okay, good. Because cause if not, I don't want to talk. I don't want to talk to somebody that doesn't believe in God unless I'm sharing the gospel. That's that's just the that's just the. And Christian what in the hell in are you doing, letting her babysit your child? Do you want Georgia to grow up to go to hell? Well, she's not going to anymore. Just she used to is what I'm saying. Yeah. Full story. Yeah. I mean, if you let, if you let her continue to babysit your kid, you're. Georgia's going to end up on drugs and most likely be a, a be become yeah, homosexual. If Georgia doesn't get killed by your babysitter. That's all the atheist agenda is. I know, but in Seattle is super progressive. So to fire a babysitter, you, yeah, there's you know there's a lot of paperwork. I can get sued for that, basically. But you know what I'm saying? 
So I'm probably going to have to maybe le- let it play out at Georgia's expense because of the regulations. You got to. Uh, you have to. Well, until I mean, you do that, no, I'm going to be. My God, no. I'm, you, I'm going to be praying hedges around Georgia for sure. So many hedges are being prayed right now between Kayla and your daughter. <laughs> okay, so we'll we'll talk about that. We'll let Kayla speak herself when she gets on here in a little bit. But she's she's trying to come out of the closet, the Christian closet, <laughs> right? And just be and just tell the truth. Mm-hmm. But do y'all think that there actually are people praying hedges <laughs> against her? <laughs> like she's just trying to tell the truth about who she is, and there are people like hedge lord. There has to be a hedge between her and everybody. I know that is unreal. I can't wait to talk to her. Is what I'm saying. Right. There's a lot to that. There's that to that whole that whole mentality. But let me tell you about something else before we get going here, and that's the BC Christmas party. The thing is live Ooh. and the tickets are for sale now. Now, yep. this thing is mainly designed for me to have a good time. That's the first thing yep. I wanted to do is get everybody that I work with and you guys out here. This excuse to get you all out here at Christmas. Devin's coming. Uh, Dave's coming. We're going to write Emory songs that week. Emory's going to play some Christmas music together for fun. We're going to try to get all the other podcasters. There's a bunch of people here from Seattle. Dan Coke, the uh, Free Sex yeah. Girls will probably be there if they don't want to rem- wow. remain too anonymous. They- they'll probably be there, I hope. Um, yeah. at don't Feed the Trolls, guys. I mean, we're going to have a bunch of good music and even some special guests there. So we're going to sing songs, play music, do a podcast, uh, and have a, a party that we would have as a company party that we're throwing here. And so we're going to have open bar snacks. It's going to be semi-formal. It's going to be fun. And that's the point of it is for fun. But here's, I'm a clever guy. I figured, hey, why not invite some some people, some fans, and sell a few tickets, make it an even bigger event, and maybe that'll cover the cost of that open bar is what I'm hoping. So um, there are tickets available. I think we're going to sell about 50 tickets to the general public. Now, BC Club people, if you're not in the BC Club, you missed this. But if you are, I already hooked you up with the li- ticket link. And uh looks like half the tickets are gone already before they even went on sale, which Holy is technically crap. right now. So the BC Club people are flying here just to hang out with us and do all this. going to be a lot of fun. It's December 11th here in Seattle. And uh, there's tickets available. It's a special, special thing. Go to thebadchristian.com. You can find the link to that and buy some of the remaining tickets to come hang out with all of us and mingle. There's no backstage. It's just us hanging out. Um, then a lighter version of that same Christmas party vibe, Toby, Joey, mm. me, we're going to Portland. We're going to Sacramento. We're going to the Bay Ooh. area. We're going to Ugh. Los Angeles area and we're going to mm. the orange County area. So the Hell whole yeah. West coast, um, we're going to tear down through there in the following week and do miniature Christmas parties. Cause we like to party that much. Uh, and so Toby and I are going to do a bunch of Christmas music and we're going to do a live mm. podcast and we're going to do some food, some drinks, and we're still going to dress up for that too and make that a fun Christmas party too. So those tickets are on sale. It's not the whole BC family uh, party, but the, uh, you know, the important people will be there. You left out the most important thing. I, I, I think one thing that you've missed, the goal of this is to try and get the biggest nativity that's ever been built in the downtown Seattle area that anyone's ever seen it with all the funds we're going to do that to show that Jesus Christ is Lord in downtown Seattle the place is going to be near the uh Starbucks headquarters and we're going to get that big right. siren up there we're going to have a yes. big version of Joey's bald head as baby Jesus nativity Matt, oh why don't we invite Kayla to be uh Mary and maybe that would just kind of be like her entrance back into the faith. Including, uh, we're going to have a uh, bunch of our team, our tech team. Look on uh, the bcclub.com and look at our team. There's going to be a ton of people there. If you, it's Bunda, uh, Reva, 
the people that help do this podcast here tonight. There's going to be a bunch of behind-the-scenes people there, people, uh, BC Words, everything. What if some of these people die be- before then? Then they, they won't come. I mean, will we still have it? Yeah, we'll still are have there, it. Are there certain people that if they die, we, we cancel? Like, if Toby dies, do we cancel? No, you prop my body up there. I'm not going in the grave for about a month after I die. I'm doing a world tour. Well, the grave can't hold you, that's for sure. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen for that. So right. if, if you die, we're taking you to all those cities. <laughs> if, if I die, I'm going to be world tour no matter what. I still basically want to kind of perform with Emory. <laughs> that's my... <laughs> I want what what do you got the Matt science here for just one second? It's in the embalming procedure. How long would that keep me looking fresh? Ask uh King Tutankhamen. I mean, you can last three thousand years if you do it right. Hell yeah. I'm gonna go world tour. I, I hope I if I you know what? I just got life insurance for myself too. And so at any moment I could go. Just gonna make a will that says you want to go full on mummy when if you die. Yes. Not embalmed in, in, in a stainless steel casket. That that only lasts so long. You want to go full-on mummy. Does mummification last longer than embalming? Yeah. Wow. You ever dig anybody up that's 3,000 years old in a casket? Hell no. The good old days. Now, one interesting thing is, though, you know, they can't. there's no uh, body in Jesus' tomb. Nope. That's he an rose. empty tomb. He ain't no mummy. He, he, he rose. He's a zombie, but he ain't no mummy. <laughs> he ain't no mummy. He is, he is, I think, by definition, a zombie, technically. All right, are you done with your ads? I got well, no ads. I'm just telling you about okay. the things that are interesting to me. I am glad that we're doing this. I'm very excited about the Christmas party. I think it's going to be super fun. I'm definitely hoping that everybody, like, uh, you know, goes slow with their drinking, but I'm scared what will happen at this BC party. <laughs> you might see people like me look acting differently. Do y'all act different when there's an open bar? Like, you figure, like, I got to do as much damage as possible, right? I've been to too many weddings to deny that I don't act differently with open bar. <laughs> I, I show out when there's an open bar. It feels just so great. You just have to, though. Like, I always do a little bit more than yes. I should even want to because I, ha- I must. I'm like the redneck that goes up there and goes, oh, let's see. Oh, so you have Heineken and Bud Light. And, oh, um, let's see. Oh, Jack Daniels with the up. Uh, what should I, I act like I'm a connoisseur trying to depict through the selection? <laughs> but it's just like Bud Light and, and Miller Light. But I still have to show. Oh, hmm, let's see. What do I want to get? Let's see. I show out at an open bar no matter what. I have to because I, I got this from my parents. You got to get your money's worth. You know what I mean? If something's free, I mean, if you go to a buffet, you don't stop when you're kind of full. You have to go extra and then get dessert. That's what I got to do with everything. I mean, there's no stopping it. That's Plus, why Christmas party is the quintessential thing where you just you overdo it. You hook up with a secretary, you know, oh, your wife yes. throws up on the way home on the sidewalk, right. you know, whatever it is. That's Christmas parties where you, where you yeah. overdo yeah. it. I've already talked to Jess about it. She's totally cool with every anything that happens. <laughs> <laughs> hey, all right. Well, I want, I want to talk here for a minute. I was uh, so this Sunday, once again, Jess uh, takes the kids to church and I don't go. And I, I had a good reason. I decided I'm going to stay at home and cut the grass and rake up the leaves and make the yard look good. I'm doing this true man uh, experience event this weekend at my house. And so I want my yard to look nice and we're going to be barbecuing in the backyard and stuff. So I'm being productive. I'm cutting the grass, making the yard look great. So I'm doing something that is good and physical and makes my house look better and all this stuff. But I was like, you know what? I'll just listen to a sermon. And I was like, yeah, my favorite probably always is Tim Keller. He just, you he listen just to a me. sermon because you're doing work on Sunday. And so you're like, I better at least go yeah. sermon. Here's the thing. I, I literally was thinking about I was going to listen to Colin Coward sports. I was like, ah, it's Sunday. 
just I just throw in a sermon. It ain't gonna be that big of a deal. So I listened to I listened to Tim Keller, and I mean, it was seven minutes in. I'm just cutting my grass, just crying. <laughs> oh God! Oh, he's so right. He's so right about truth. I can't truth and what he's talking about the Lord and the Lord loves us. He died for us. I mean, I seriously was there and I was like, I can't believe it. I'm crying like tears, big cow tears just rolling down my face. And uh, I realized it was such an awesome moment because I didn't go to church and had a complete spiritual experience, literally working like, I, and you know, you're supposed to be the Sabbath, but it wasn't like it was good work. I didn't feel like I was like doing something. I didn't want to do anything. Like I really thought, Oh, this is a time I can cut the grass. I'm doing this for my family. I'm not interfering with time, hanging out with the kids, anything. And it was such a surreal moment where I was like, wait a minute, I'm not in church and probably having a more spiritual experience in my front yard with a lawnmower blaring than I would have if I would have gone to church this morning. It was just so crazy. What was I, I he talking about it, specifically? Anything? I mean, what's the, what's the, it, the particular yeah, emotional God device that he got you with? You and- he always gets me, and, and we'll, maybe we'll talk about this a little bit more in, in our BC podcast, BC Club podcast that we do now, the extra one, but uh, I'll get into a little bit here as a teaser. He was just talking about absolute truth and how it's a power play, that when you say, I have the answer, many times, and I thought it was really, I thought it was so awesome how he said it, because he was like, it's, it can be a power play. He was talking about Nietzsche, and just all, all, all these different people that were talking about how it could be a power play, and he made this great point of how, if you say, I have the truth, listen to me, it is a bit of, you, you have something that somebody else doesn't, so of course you're in a power position. But then he said, but if you always say that, then nothing can actually be true. If you always say that it's only a power position, then it can never be true. Mm-hmm. You know, then eventually it'll get, even your position won't be true because you'll go, well, but that, I don't know. That, so that was, would be why it is a power play because if it, anything were true and somebody knew it, that would be the only way to convey it would be to explain it to people. Thus, copycats would be a thousand to one, right? Right. Yes. So I thought it was just, it was really powerful because what he was saying, he, I mean, it's really neat because it's so great to hear somebody that is just so thoughtful, so articulate, and he is just completely sold out to Jesus Christ. A lot of times you don't hear somebody that thoughtful anymore about that. So uh, about Jesus, I mean, like a lot of times it goes into the philosophical realm or the technical realm or the uh, technology realm maybe, but to hear somebody just completely sold out to Jesus and just saying it in a really uh, clear way about, wait a minute, you can, like he says, Jesus loves you. And you might, what if you weren't made for anything? Like what if you weren't made to be a, a podcaster or a plumber or a doctor? What if you were made to be loved and then you could decide everything else for yourself, like that free will or whatever. You know, this is very Arminian. What was neat for me is, and, and I actually, after listening to it, I had this idea for a podcast where I want to do Sermon Crusher podcast, where I listen to podcasts with, with listeners and, the, and then we just destroy it and say the good and the bad about it. But, but I, just, I just thought it's so awesome to think about that idea of if there's a God out there, we don't have to prove that he's true. The truth will be how we feel in the love moments. And love can hurt us, and, and love can make us feel the best in the world, but it's just a really neat feeling of that God would come and give up his lordship and give up his Christ, save, you know, uh, Lord of all, and become 
human and also die for you because he goes, well, I love you. I mean, it's just so crazy. And and, and I mean, the last thing here, I know uh, we probably need to take a break here in a second, but it was really interesting. My, my wife's father passed away when she was a teenager. And I just, I thought, wait a minute, it's, it's so crazy. Like she, w- of course, her dad was amazing and she loved him and then love hurt her because he passed away. He couldn't help it. And so that is a, obviously affected the rest of her life. And I thought, wait, it's so crazy how much love affects you. Like even in our relationships with our spouses or with our parents, you know, I've talked about my dad and all this stuff, like love oftentimes hurts you. And so it's really hard to just give yourself over to a God and say, well, he loves me and that's going to be good. Like it, it was just a really powerful moment in my front yard, yep. try, you know, refilling it with gasoline. Turn now. Is it, is it, oh, did you just get amazing. a nice Perfect. cut there or what? Oh, so like good. The good now, lines looks really, like Wrigley Field out there or what? I did that a few, few weeks ago where I did the lines differently. You got fescue or are you doing, you got winter rye planted there in Tennessee. I don't know. Whatever it is, I think I'm allergic to it though. I did go to the doctor and I'm allergic to something unbelievable. The do- I went to the doctor and he said, your skin is unreal. <laughs> oh, so anyway. Anyway, all right, enough about the Lord and cut grass. Can we take a break? Let's Is that what we it. need to do? Let's take a break, talk about a couple of these good sponsors we have, and we'll have Kayla. Oh, hell yeah. Let me tell you about Harry's Razors. Harry's Razors, to me, have been unbelievable. I've never been a big shaving person because I'm not a big facial hair growing person, to be honest. And so I'm able to skate by for long periods of a time without shaving. But when we started doing Harry's razors, when they sent the first thing to my house and I saw how awesome the blades were, how good the handle was, and how easy it was for me to always have sharp blades sitting around the house, you know, and maybe I didn't shave today, but I shave very, very regularly and mainly just because the pleasure of it, just because of having a nice thing in my hand to do to to do the craft of to do something physical with a blade. I mean, it's a blade. I mean, it's a it's awesome. Like it really is a uh, a treat and a pleasure to shave my face now. It's never something that, that I've been that involved with. And the deal is great. The product is great. They're German engineered blades. They're amazing. Now, let me tell you what Harry's is so confident, and they're everywhere now. Everybody's doing Harry's, and I think you need to be too. And if you haven't yet, why don't we do this? How about Harry's is so confident in the quality of the products that they're going to give our customers a chance to shave for free? Same as with the first time I tried it. They sent me a razor. I tried it. It was free. Now I'm hooked. I pay for them. I really do. So for free, now here's what you got to do. You're going to cover $3 for the shipping, but they're going to send you a, a free trial kit, which will be razors and some shave gel. Now, as a bonus for our listeners, you're going to get their post-shave balm. It's one of their most popular products. Soothes and relieves after shaving. Helps reduce redness. So this is what I want everybody to do. If you don't already have Harry's, Go to their website. You spell out H-A-R-R-Y-S dot com and uh, right there in your browser. And it, you explore it a little bit there. And you'll enter the promo code BCPOD and you will get their free, I'm telling you the truth, their free shave thing. You just cover the, the shipping. Plus, there's a special offer. If you if you enter our code BCPOD, you'll also get the post-shave balm added to it. So go to harrys.com right now, enter the coma, promo code BCPOD to claim your free trial set and post-shave balm. That's harrys.com, code BCPOD. I want to talk to you guys about distilled jeans, and, and here's what I think is cool about them, and I'm just going to be honest and a little... Uh, vulnerable here. I'm a big guy and I've always felt super uncomfortable in jeans. And I know that sounds crazy, but they, they don't ever seem to fit right. I always feel weird and fat or like I have a muffin top or I just feel stupid in jeans. I know that sounds crazy, 
but it's been very hard for my whole life to wear jeans. And so oftentimes I just avoid them all together or I go, jeans aren't going to be any good anyway. I'm just going to buy the cheapest pair and they just tear and rip and are just crap, honestly. So I just have never been impressed with jeans. That all changed with the distilled. And this is the truth. I love distilled jeans. When I put them on, they came in the mail. It was so easy, but they just came in the mail right to my door. I slipped them on and they fit perfectly. Like I feel great. I can't believe that this quality of a jean I would have for this bargain of a price. It's amazing. I mean, good pairs of jeans are usually just so expensive, but distilled has jeans starting at $65. I mean, that's crazy. If you go to the stores, you're going to pay that much or more for way worse quality. I mean, it's crazy that they would be that good. There, it's D-S-T-L-D, and it's pronounced distilled, but they really kind of revolutionized the fa- fashion industry. And here's how they do it. They refuse to work with department stores and retail middlemen. Um, there are no markup. There's no bullshit. Just great jeans at an unbelievable price. So here's what I want you guys to do. Just go to DSTLD.com. That's DSTLD.com and find the perfect pair with the perfect fit. They'll ship them to you for free and guarantee the fit, or we'll send you a new pair until they are perfect. That's so awesome. See for yourself why people like me, all these band dudes I know, A-list celebrities, B-list, C-list, D-list celebrities, everybody is wearing the steeled jeans. They're amazing. But you don't even need to be a celebrity or have a stylist or even pay $100 to look amazing because these jeans, once again, they start at $65. What a cool price. So here we go. Just go to distilled.com slash badchristian right now and get $10 off your first pair. That's D-S-T-L-D.com slash badchristian for $10 off right now. Five letters, D-S-T-L-D.com slash badchristian. You're going to look great. All right, there's a lot of things you should do and you don't. And one of those is drinking eight glasses of water a day. You guys do that? So hard. So hard to do. I know. Hey, let me, so let me tell you guys about someone named Kara Golden. Does that mean something to you guys? It does now. So she started Hint Water. A few years ago after having her fourth child, she was overweight like Toby, had terrible acne like Toby, and felt over, just felt awful. Yep. She was drinking 10 diet sodas a day. <laughs> 10. Good. Lord. And uh, she wasn't drinking water, and that's because, yeah, that's because water I've is boring there. and there's not a whole lot of options out there. I'm the same way. I really don't enjoy just regular water. It's not fun. By definition, it's the most boring thing you could drink. Right. So that's why she started Hint Water, right. which is pure water, but it's infused with the taste of fresh fruit. Now, let me just tell you from personal experience when I go to the gas station, I get flavored water. It's a little too flavored for me. So I, I kind of want the water feel to yeah. it, but I, I, it can't just be water. I, I mean, I like lemon with water. So Yeah, and a lot of that water has all those fake sugars and all kinds of crap in it. Right, right. So with Hint, drinking water is not boring. They have flavors, all kinds, like watermelon, peach, mango, grapefruit, many more. And that, like Toby said, no sugar, chemicals, tastes good. And here's the thing. Both Health and Self magazines have named Hint Water the best flavored water. And they know how important drinking plenty of water is to your health. So here, here's what you need to do. As of right now, get a single variety pack shipped directly to your door, including three bottles, each of Hint's four most popular flavors, pineapple, watermelon, crisp apple, and blackberry. Now, uh, normally this is going to cost you $24, but this is $15. So go to drinkhint.com slash badchristian. That's drink 
T-H-I-N-T.com slash bad Christian. Don't be going to the grocery store and lugging the boring water to your car. Get this stuff delivered right to your door, and it, it just tastes wonderfully. So good. I'm drinking it right now. Yeah, so you can't go wrong with Hint Water. And we're back. Mm-hmm. All right. Experiment is underway. Toby and Joey, can you see Kayla sitting here at a table? Yes, we can. Yes, we can. And y'all hear each other? Everybody's good? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, right. Kayla. When, in that case, we're off and running on it to a good start here. Thank you for coming over. Wonderful. Okay, so let me tell y'all how I know Kayla. She came in yeah. um, when I was at Mars Hill leading worship, and Chad Gardner was the boss of worship at the campus I was. Yeah. And, and Chad said, I found a new girl. She's great. She can sing awesome. She just came from Hillsong uh, School. And, dude, you've got to get her to help you sing since you're not good at singing. I believe were his exact <laughs> words. Um, so I was like, let's do it. And so uh, uh, so Kayla came in with me, and we'd been, and, you know, I was right when I was getting going, leading worship and singing and stuff like this. So she did that with me and a few other people, uh, Seth and Melanie, Brett and Gretel, some other people there. And that's how I got to know Kayla. Very cool. Bake cookies, hang out all day at church with us. Um, love her, trust her. Babysit. She'd become a babysitter for George and probably George's favorite babysitter that, that, that she gets. So George is awesome. Yeah, George is great. You're right about that. You're right about not much, but you're right about that. Yeah, you're wrong about <laughs> a lot of things, you guys. You're wrong about a lot of things, but you're right about that. Um, so, <laughs> so, you know, Mars Hill imploded. Whatever we've kept in touch with Kayla, she's been a babysitter, stuff like that, and uh, so it's been interesting to see Kayla over the last couple of years, kind of change. And I, I this is the only way I can put it is it's not a bad change. It's like oh, this person is seems to be coming into her own, and and uh, you see this a lot. Like people, they just start to figure out stuff for themselves and and be their own person, and it's different. You can see that it's different. And I've felt like Kayla's, you know, branching out, or I'm not really sure what it is, but there's a there's a sense to it. This very this uh, palpable was probably the word for it, from from my opinion. And then at some point, Kayla told I can't remember how she said it to me or whatever, but casually she's she she says, well, you know, I'm not Christian anymore. I can't remember how that came up. Do you remember? I think we were in your kitchen, and I don't know. We were talking about something, and then you mentioned. Maybe me going to a church, and I was like, I don't really Oh, that's what it was. It, that's the talk around here is always like, what church did you land at? Where are you at now? Yeah. You're not in Marseille. Where'd you the go? Question I get a lot. And so I probably asked Kayla that question, just at small talk, if you will. Mm-hmm. And she's like, ain't, ain't going to no church. I was like, oh, do tell. So, Kayla, do tell. Yeah, I mean, it's not like I woke up every morning and was like, today I'm going to pretend to be a Christian. But, like, I don't know. I think from a very young age, I was adopted um, at, like, six weeks old. And grew up in a Christian family, and I don't hold it against them that they raised me Christian. Of course they did. That's what they are, and that's who they are, and I love them for it. Um, But even as a young girl, I remember, you know, like, kneeling by my bed and praying, like, dear God, I don't believe any of this. Please make me believe it, because I'm really scared of hell. (laughs) Uh Because I I believed that it was true, just that I didn't get something. There's something that wasn't clicking with me. And what age is that? really little i remember doing that like six or seven so you're six or seven and you understand the reality of what your parents are telling you about i mean santa claus all this stuff but there's Mm -hmm. this god there's this hell yeah and so you're what you were figuring was yeah it's for some people but i'm just not in like i don't get i'm missing the connection 
yeah, I don't know. I just, there was something, I don't think I was emotionally capable to like put it that succinctly, but like, I think there was just always like a pit in my stomach that was just like, you don't, this isn't, this isn't for you. You don't believe this. But why didn't you just think it was fake then? Well, what do you mean? Like, well, mom, dad, this is fake. This is not true. Um, like, why would I've you pray had... to a God that you didn't think existed or, or something? Because there was a lot of fear there. Because, you know, when you're, you grow up being told this is the truth, this is the truth, this is the truth, you know, if, if you don't believe in that, there's something wrong with you, yeah. you know? So that's kind of what I thought. But, no, I'm wrong, and I need to be made right. So I tried You tried really hard. from age zero what, to yeah. how old are you now? I'm 26. Goodness gracious. Yeah. So, so like 20 years of. Yeah, about 24 years. About 25 oh, faking is when though, I was like, for Faking? I think like, like I said, it wasn't like a conscious, like I'm faking this. This is, it's not me. Like, I think I kind of bought into my own delusion that like it was, it was my identity because I didn't know what I was outside of that. And so, you know, it's kind of why I did the thing, like the big things like going to Hillsong and going to Marcel and trying to like belong to like this big thing, you know, and make it real for me. But every time I did that, it just kind of was like, you know. What it sounds like too, it was, it was fear driven as well. Yeah. I mean, a lot of fear. Yeah. I was like, and I remember thinking a couple of times being like, like, dear God, I, I know if you're real, you know, I don't believe in this. Uh-huh. So... It's real weird. What's going on? Listen, but but so I'm trying to parse the difference in let's let's just say, and I'm going to draw a, maybe another not believe, parallel. Maybe I didn't I didn't love him. This is what the thing was. It's like you thought God was real, but you yeah, so maybe it's real because I wouldn't say that something. I'm like an atheist or anything. I'm not saying God's not real and blah 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 because I don't know anything. But I just know that I I am not a Christian. I'm not in love with Jesus, and I really never have been. I don't know what that means even. So, so but th- what's interesting to me is to kind of contrast that a little bit with Joey, who similarly probably felt a lot of those same pressures though does any how does that strike you joey no i mean everything she said sounds extremely familiar i think the biggest contrast is it i mean i don't think until in the last couple years i don't think i ever came to real questions of huh is what i believe even true so i was struggling through the fear of hell and there wasn't any sort of I don't even know if I believe this. It's I believe this and I better make sure I'm good to go. But everything was fear driven. I mean, just I was motivated by fear. I witnessed to people because I was fearful that God would be pissed if I didn't. I mean, everything. So fear, how, fear, how fear, many fear, of those fear. times were you aware that I'm faking here, though? That's what I'm most it would interested be, in. It would be random like moments. Like praying out loud. With yeah, it'd people. be random moments. I mean, I did a you know. I mean, you you went so all in. Like, why would mm-hmm. you? Why wouldn't you just like pl- play the margins? Like, why would you go to Hillsong? I think the, and, the more and... I thought that I was, I I really didn't. I think I was so scared that it, I wasn't a Christian because, again, like the fear of hell and not not just that, but just like crushing my family in that way. And they oh, know yeah. now, and they are crushed, and it it sucks, and I hate it. But like, I can't lie for other people. You know, it's just it's not worth it. I, I've it's it's killed me inside and and here's what i'm curious about kayla is when you were putting yourself in situations like hillsong <laughs> were you able to just kind of go through the motions and do your day-to-day life without even consciously thinking yeah. of the conflict in your mind or were you absolutely miserable i like, was definitely I at this, war with bullshit. myself there i didn't like it say again much. i'm sorry yeah i was definitely at war with myself like especially hillsong i mean i grew up in like you know the evangelical free church so it was very you know 
conservative mm-hmm. Christian vibes. And uh, Hillsong is very not. And so it was challenging. But I, I think that I, I just thought that the challenge was that it was so different, that it was like this really Pentecostal, you know, the, yeah. I remember the first service I, I went to, like everyone, it's like this dark lighting and there's these like red and blue, beautiful shimmering lights and people are weeping and like on the floor and speaking in tongues. And I'm like, Jesus. But, but, but did you learn to, d- to do that? Yeah. You just learn oh, the gosh. way that's the way they did it there. And I, I mean, and you, you, you could probably stuff, see though. me on some Hillsong worship albums, like in the back, just like, <laughs> like, oh. but, but I mean, when you, when you when you were doing that though, you you believed it, didn't you? Don't you I think? think I think so- I wanted to. I wanted to, and I was like, well, you know. And, and again, again, like it wasn't conscious. Uh-huh. Like I, I don't believe us. I have to make myself. Like I think for a while, I maybe thought that I did, but there would be a lot of moments that I'd just be like, kind of standing in the back and be like, you think this is completely ridiculous, and you know it. And I think at those times I would be like, Oh, that's just Satan. That's the enemy. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's yeah. not me, but it happened so often. And like, I even tried to like get demons exercised out of me. Like I asked my friends to like pray demons out of me and stuff. And like, just nothing ever, hmm. every, every weird experience I ever had, like spiritual experience. I remember there's things that have happened that I definitely can't explain that I will probably never be able to explain. But some things that I'm like, I know like, I played like along what? with that. Yeah, let's be more specific on those two. Um, Both exa- you may- example of each of those, please. Okay. Like, you're talking about some spiritual experiences you have yeah. that you can't explain? Yeah. So there's um, me, me and some friends, there was this stairwell. We all lived in this, these big apartments called the Maritons. And there was a stairwell in the garage. And it was like a stairwell from the lower level of the garage to the upper level. So it didn't go anywhere. And it had great acoustics. And me and my friends are all musicians. So we would go there and we would play. And we would have these like worship sessions where we would play, you know, some of the Hillsong songs or old hymns or whatever. And like, I also, that's a big struggle for me too, because musically I connect with the church so well. Like I still find a lot of power in that, like the power of like the songs and the worship, like that's a really powerful environment. It's very emotional uh, too. You, you totally yeah. have the Holy Spirit in you. Go ahead. I know, right? Um, <laughs> but like, there are a couple times where like we heard some things like, weird voices like I actually have audio recordings of this where there were like five people in the room and it sounds like there's like a thousand people in the room and there are like harmonies happening that nobody remembers singing and like all this weird stuff like I don't I don't and and I don't know like maybe that was God maybe that I have no idea I don't know which God Uh I have no idea but like that type of thing you know I like floors me t- daily. Sometimes I still listen to it. And I'm like, geez, like I still don't know. But how why to can't you, why can't you just go? Oh yeah, so that's God. And God's real, and this is all good. Why why not just that's okay. That's why not good enough for you. <sighs> just doesn't. I just don't buy any, right, well, any, let, any other. Kayla, let me uh let me make a theory, and you, you shut it down or entertain it or whatever. I think there's a possibility that once once you keep your distance from God and faith and religion for long enough, I think you will simultaneously shed the unhealthy fear stuff, trying to like almost acquire a love for God and all these things that I don't even think matter and potentially uh, find yourself into a super healthy interaction with God. Yeah, I think think I'm open to that. Yeah, I'm definitely open to that. And, you know, I've been you know, I've told my parents because, you know, that's been like kind of the hardest conversations with my parents because they're both 
very Christian. And well, so you, I mean, this is like coming out of the closet then. Sort of. I mean, have you, have you decided that you're telling, you're saying on a podcast now, I know you say your friends listen to this podcast. And so now this will save you some work of explaining it. Yeah, right. Because I mean, literally your whole life, everybody, your friends with everybody, you know, has yeah, been I was evangelical definitely the Christian, Christian yeah. girl in high school. Like yeah. people knew that about me. And I think that so, so, I wore it as such a badge because I knew like, it wasn't really me deep down, and maybe if I force myself to do the Christian thing. So why to do the why to do this? If even if you were open to it in the future, why now do you need to say you're not that you never were? This isn't real. Like, what's the need? That's a good there? question, Matt. Yeah, I mean, Matt, I don't know if question. I need to, but like, you know, you asked me to share my story, yeah. and I think that there's power in sharing stories. Well, you've been telling. I mean, you're in the active when people place, ask. Like, I mean, yeah, when people ask, I don't just go. I mean, unless it's like somebody that. I'm really close to and I'm like hey you should know like you know people that I went to school with at Hillsong and you know I've like had to like come out to them because I'm just like mm-hmm. I feel a little bit like you should know this and they've been great but you know it'll be more like if someone asks me like oh what church are you going to now and I'm like well I could either lie to you and then feel like shit for lying and being mm-hmm. a liar or I could just be like oh, I don't really go to church mm-hmm. and then maybe there can be a conversation there and tell them why and I don't know I do you I've, tell yeah. Do you tell Georgia that her dad's beliefs are bullshit? Every day I whisper into her ear. I say, God is not real, Georgia. And your parents are liars. <laughs> and also, Joey, I have cleaned They don't dead pay body you before. enough to talk about the Lord. Just so you know. You've what? I worked at a nursing you home. You mentioned about how I might be obsessed with dead bodies. I worked at a nursing home. I have handled dead bodies before. Mm, God tells me these things, Kayla. You know. That'll but, make anybody stop believing in the so Lord. So did I hear did I hear you right when you said that you you don't necessarily have uh an atheistic viewpoint no, right now? No. Just like I just don't believe in anything specific. Yeah, no, I maybe I just don't give a shit because I've yeah. cared for so long. Like I've cared right. so much for so long, and I think that it just like tired me out. And I think there might be there might be truth to what you said about, you know, maybe the more I take a step back, the more I might like be closer to God or accept whatever truth is out there. But like for now, I'm just kind of like, oh, I'm so tired of worrying about it all the time. Now, here's what's interesting to me is uh, now that you are at this place, what happened to your fear? Because you don't believe now you don't have to be fearful of like hell because you don't believe in it. I think I stopped believing in hell before I admitted that I wasn't a Christian. Yeah, what was yeah. the what was the tipping point? Why did you go? When, I mean, just after. I mean, what made you go? I don't need to find a new church now. What what gave you Mars the comfort Hill. level? <laughs> was it because that situation was so bad, or just like? I mean, it was wasn't it maybe that it's bad moving for to me. Seattle. And it's like, oh, people are chill here. I'll, I'll like you can fit in here and have maybe, friends and do music without maybe, being a part of church. It's a lot harder to be a non Christian in right. my hometown right. than it is to be out here, you know. And I think yeah. that that's part of why I'm out here. But like, you know, Mar- I mean, Mars Hill, like. It didn't affect me that much. I followed it, you know, on the podcast and stuff. But I was there for a year, and it was the year of, like, yeah, the, worst, the yeah. down, you know, yeah. everything weird. went to crap. And so it was just like, I was just like, ooh. Well, here's like, why I'm interested in that question, because you grew situation. up in, like, a, I don't know, rural Minnesota, right? Would you say mm-hmm. that? Okay. And and so now here you are in, when we make fun of it on the show, liberal metro Seattle, mm-hmm. which is my favorite place. It really is. But you don't. I mean, you can do music here. You can hang out with people here. You can have community. You can, there's entertainment. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can do everything you want to do here. You don't have to be in any kind of club. In fact, you're better off here not to be a Christian. You probably yeah. get get around and people like you better, more if you're not. Right, probably better <laughs> off. So, so is, you know, I, I'm just curious what made it 
you know, that makes it sound like you, yeah, you never did believe. And then when you had yeah, my, a social my opportunity to not. Seattle poisoned me a little right. bit. I or, think. or it did. Yeah. Or maybe it that did. Have. I mean, it you could look have. to that either way. I also, I don't know. I've, I've, I've made a habit of not telling, not sharing my feelings, like my true feelings with people about things, like my whole life. So I, there was a lot that I disagreed with that my parents and, you know, just my family or like the people in Minnesota that I grew up around said and did. And it's uh-huh. very conservative. And I've never really been that conservative. But you pretended. And I, you know, I, you know, I remember pretending to just go along with it. Do you think just being easier. adopted played into that? Oh, for sure. hundred percent. Yeah. I think there's kind of always been a fear, like, and I think this plays into the whole pretending to be a Christian thing because you know, I've got some serious abandonment issues from mm-hmm. that. I was given up at six weeks. I have no idea where I was for those six weeks. I have no idea what, I don't know where I was and mm-hmm. anything could happen. But like, I think that deep down, I didn't want to cause my parents any trouble because there was sort of a fear there that like, maybe they wouldn't want me anymore. Yeah, so and you that's better completely do... irrational. Okay. So that makes a little bit of, no, it's not that's hyper rational. I yeah, would say maybe. not irrational. It's that yeah, I mean, I could see you feeling like I need to do what these people expect and need and want mm-hmm. so that they will be okay with me or not yeah, give me up. I didn't want to be an issue for them. Yeah, yeah. like a, they adopted I mean, me and then, I'm, and then I'm the black sheep. On it, right, I mean, and so that, that makes no a lot of sense. What, yeah, no, it's because you are like black, yeah, right? Black, okay. yeah. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> and you, you got white parents. Yeah, both yeah. of them are white, yeah. Okay, white parents in rural Minnesota and mm-hmm. you're not exactly white. So, all, exactly. all those forces make sense. But here's what I'm interested in. Is I wonder if that's true and you're confident enough because you have a great personality, you're confident, you're fun, easy to talk to, all that stuff. That's not everybody. And everybody doesn't also get to have the experience and everybody doesn't also get to live in Seattle and mm-hmm. see all the things that, that you've seen. My question is, how many people do you think out there in the evangelical churches in Oklahoma and Iowa and Florida and everywhere else are just like you, and they don't have an alternative. Is this? Do you think our churches are full of these people, like that, like that kind of person? Yeah, this guy. Are you asking me? I'm asking all three okay. of you. <laughs> Y'all can. Yeah, answer. Um, for sure, for sure. I mean, it's, I mean, they don't call it like the 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 Bible Belt goes all the way through the Midwest. I think there's a real strong uh, push for this is the way God is, and this is the way we are. Mm-hmm. Like and, what's and the other it's, social it's, alternative? Well, what do but, you but ha- this you is, uh, well, the other thing too that's really interesting about this is, two Christian people did love you and adopt you. You know what I mean? Like so, so in their mind, like, I, and, and here's what I'm saying. Like this is what is the interesting thing. They, I like, like you said when you said that, it, it, um, it, it was irrational because you know your parents do love you. Mm-hmm. They did adopt you and they do love you. You weren't saying it, it. It was very rational to feel that way because you were left and you're right. right. And you I didn't know child, where you were and, and you were adopted. Know, yeah. Right, right, right. So, but, but it, it, but they did love you. And so what's crazy about this is they thought we are saving this little girl who we love and we're going to help her to know the Lord. Mm -hmm. So now they probably feel some level of failure to their God because their little girl is thinking for herself, but they can't see it that way. And that, that whole, that whole thing just destroys me because I mean, that's why it's so hard for you to tell the truth to your parents who love you. Tell us about that. How how did you tell them? How'd that go? It's so crazy. It was just kind of like a, honestly, I I don't even really remember like when it happened. I think it was a phone conversation 
And I finally like I because I, I think it was after Mars Hill and, you know, my mom was just kind of like, oh, you've gone to church, you've gone to church, have you gone to church? And I just kept being like, no, 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 no. And then all of a sudden, you know, I was just kind of like, yeah, I think I'm I'm having some doubts in that. And I just kind of started it that way because that's kind of how it started. I wasn't just it wasn't like one day I woke up and was like, well, I'm not a Christian. No, 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 You know, I was just kind of like, oh, maybe I have some issues with this. Maybe I should, you know, think about what I believe and what I don't believe. And then it just sort of slowly progressed into me being like, oh, I'm not a Christian anymore. But like, that's kind of how my parents were involved in it. You know, I was kind of just like gradually letting them know, letting them know. And then all of a sudden, you know, my mom would ask me some questions about, you know, God and stuff. And I'd be like, you know, I don't believe in that. I don't, I'm, I'm not a Christian. I'm not. And that was really hard. You know, there were a lot of tears on both sides yeah. and a lot of fighting and <laughs> oh, ridiculousness, but you know, I mean, we always we always bounce back, but it's hard, you know, and when we're in the thick of it right now, you know, it's I just went home for for less than a week and it was great. But it was it was uncomfortable because it's like, you know, my mom kind of asked me, like, oh, are you going to come to church with us? And I'm like, of course, like my right. family is like we go to church. That's what my family does it, to be a part of my family yeah. is to be a Christian, basically, which. Uh, hello pressure yeah, that's crazy yeah. but also like i i have a lot of love for the church I, i'm very grateful for, to the church for teaching me about community and love and dying to yourself and and all of that stuff but there is there is stuff on the other side that like if you don't identify with that completely can be really damaging you know and i've you know tried to be tried to have a lot of empathy because i remember my friends when my friends would tell me when i was like a christian and they tell me they didn't believe anymore and I would be like personally like pissed off and offended yeah. because yeah. I'm like, how, like you're telling me that you think I'm dumb. That's how I heard it. You know, yeah. like you right. think I'm wrong. It's like, no, I just don't agree. You know? And, and now that I'm on the other side of it, I'm like, Oh, I understand how you feel. And so I'm trying to be like gracious and listening and trying to like give them a little leeway. Not that they're being these horrible, awful people. Sure. They're, they're certainly not. Right. They're wonderful. It, it, well, it's, it's so hard too, because I mean, you're, you're exactly right. That is what's so crazy. Growing up the way you did, I grew up the same way. I mean, church and God, There's not another was, is not, it's, it's the same as eating and it drinking. I mean, it, there is no life. difference. Yeah. A and, and you can't have a rational conversation. You can't have a <laughs> real conversation yeah. because that's it, right. It's so crazy. You can't talk about God without offense. Right. So, like, look, you, so look they, at they are offended. Family. Yeah. So look at Kayla's family. In what way or your family, how do they treat non-Christians? Well, it's not that they treat them poorly. They just, they don't. There aren't them. Right. They, they don't. Right. There there's are. no, there's no filter of it. Like maybe somebody passed or on the road or something. But yeah, but you can't be friends no social, with them because right, they're no, going to hell. You know, I mean, it, it's no, only And also there's been... just no, it, there just is no experience with them. There's nobody that your parents are around that are like, that, that like, how, how could right. you be in their family and not be a Christian? It's not that they say, I will abuse people who aren't like mm -hmm. me. They go, I, I don't even know what that would be from their point of view. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, what would parents, that even be? How would how would we behave? Our parents, my parents have always felt very called to like witness to people who are mm -hmm. struggling and lost and whatever. So there are I did grow up around a lot of people who like maybe were Christian, but it was like a loose, loose yeah. thing. And my parents knew that like they're not dumb, like they know that non-Christians exist and they know right. how to be around them. Um, but it was always like, but we have to witness mm -hmm. to them. Right. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. now it's like I feel like. It's They're very trying to uh, witness it's still to very me. Other. Like when I was home, when I was home, I had to like, I had to step out because I went to church with them and, and they were, but I knew that communion was coming. I could just tell by like the way the sermon was going. 
And I just had to like step out because I just like couldn't stand the thought of them watching me like let the plate pass because I just oh, wasn't, right. you know, it's just but, like. But what's so were, crazy like, about that is you were actually and, honoring the tradition. I know. By not doing that, you were doing the right thing going, hey, listen, this isn't me. I'm going to pass it. But you couldn't do that because mm-hmm. if that that's what that yeah. whole thing just. It's really it, hard. Now, one, one question I, I want to ask. Like to have a kid. Do you think that that, that they were. It's like where you grew up and the way your parents were. If you would have stayed in that town, do you think you could have ever gotten to where you're at right now? I don't know. I might have. So you'd be faking it till you made it? <laughs> yeah, right. I don't know. I'm not sure. So here's another component to this. <laughs> and and this is another parallel between Joey and Kayla. Um, Kayla and Joey both expressed to me that they, and it's in Joey's book, but it's like to, to, to try to keep a grip on these things and these feelings and this fear and have to do to behave this way seems to contribute to what you identify as depression or anxiety and stuff like that. Like it's, it's an imbalanced. If you had to pre- think something's true and pretend like it's not true or vice versa mm-hmm. all the time, yeah. that just can't be good for your mental state. And both of you yeah, guys sure. who seem to have the most, uh, powerfully felt, uh, legalism or, or pressure, seem to experience some pretty bad mental health symptoms Mm -hmm. in fact in fact kayla you'd get a kick out of this i was just telling these guys that i am at such a crux in my life of divorcing myself from the legalistic tendencies i mean because it was just so deeply rooted in my faith that i i a couple weeks ago i was just like oh my gosh i'm feeling so distant from these things I need to do and things I need to avoid. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden there was something in me, something in my mind being like, wait a second, am I divorcing God? Cause I saw God so interconnected with do this and don't do that. Yeah. And then it just hit me. I was just like, man, if, if the gospel is true, everything in the Bible that, that points to the gospel does talk about freedom from the law. So I was just like, well, wait a second. I think this is actually what at least the Bible is presenting as, you know, not being under the law. But I just, I, I that was really a revelation for me, just how grossly convinced I was that, you know, relationship with God was rules. Yeah, that, for sure. That when I got away from him, I thought I was getting away from God. Like mm-hmm. even the, even the thought of um, divorcing myself from legalism, there's like, wait a second, this can't be right. Mm-hmm. Like this, you know, there's something wrong about this. It's just, it's, it's bizarre. But, yeah. but either way, the pressure of living a way that, and not being able to tell the truth, even to yourself or pretend the sky's not blue sounds like a recipe for mental disorder. For sure. I mean, I was always like kind of second guessing myself and you know, when you're playing a role for so long, you just kind of believe you are that person and it is delusional yeah. and delusion is not healthy. <laughs> yeah, right. If you had so, to, you know. you know, I was constantly worrying about this this fictional version of myself that's this perfect Christian girl, and I followed all the rules. I didn't do anything. I didn't stray off the path morally or whatever. And, Ooh, so now it's like, oh yeah, right, how's There's nothing I, I love mean, now? Seriously, seriously. how's heroin? Yeah, now? what's it like yeah, now? I'm high I'm on heroin right now. <laughs> But seriously, is that different? Like, is, like, is, is like that's a uh, maybe a fantasy Christians have? Man, if I wasn't Christian, I could just do all this stuff. Like, tell me about that. Yeah, I mean, that's a thing. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want me to say? Truthful, I'm just curious. <laughs> I'm asking that a serious question. It's like, do you feel like you can do whatever you want to now? Or, I don't think or, so. I mean, I don't want to like. <laughs> 
be reckless to myself and and be foolish or you know cause harm but yeah there are things once you're not a christian it's like wait do i care if i do this and that or whatever you know you're fulfilling <laughs> those details come on give us a give us a this I mean, and just a that. like things like drinking and you know smoking and you know that swearing and stuff like that i mean i kind of swore a little bit but like i uh-huh. always felt so like naughty when i did uh-huh. it like it's just like such a right. forbidden fruit mm-hmm. and now it's like oh i don't i don't really care at all well well here's the thing i think and and like i grew up very similarly Bible Belt. My papa was a pastor. I mean, our church women didn't get to wear dresses; like they had to wear jeans. I mean, I mean they couldn't wear pants; they could only wear dresses. I'm sorry. And then no jewelry. My parents didn't have <laughs> wedding ring. I mean, it was just unbelievable. And everybody, you know, drinking like alcohol was a sin. Not even mm-hmm. drinking it. Just no, I was always was taught evil. that it was grape juice, not alcohol. Yeah. Oh yeah, we never did. Juice. Oh yeah, we only mm-hmm. did grape juice, and they uh, that was a little risque. It's up for us. Yeah. <laughs> but but what's so crazy about it is. All these things you're talking about, like when you talk about something being good or bad, it t- take smoking a cigarette, right? Would it be wise to go, okay, I'm going, I'm trying a, one cigarette. Wait a minute. And somebody said it, it does this, this, and this, and, and this, this makes you feel good. This makes you feel bad. It can cause cancer. Maybe this, this like if you actually made a, a logical wise decision, then you might would choose not to do those things. But like for me, I was told everything in the world it's is wrong. When you're to- Stay told away from it. To. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and when I got to high school, all the coolest people were smoking cigarettes. <laughs> just just that one thing. So I went, shit. What? A, I mean, they look really happy. They're not. They're not like they weren't. The devil isn't attacking <laughs> them. No, they were. I mean, they were. Like I mean, all the cool people who weren't like oppressed by religion yeah. or whatever were really free and like. We're doing things and then either chose to do something or not. So it, it's, it doesn't matter, honestly, regardless of God, you're going to make good decisions and bad decisions. Mm-hmm. The weight of that, though, that weight that I felt like I, I just felt so much weight that God just hated my guts because I was a sinner mm-hmm. and I just couldn't get away from it. And I was like, oh, I'm so scared because I'm not good enough. I'm not I'm not good enough. And I mean, I, I remember telling people that I remember proselytizing that we are no good, that we are awful that if you don't do something, you're going to hell for eternity and mm-hmm. there's going to be worms and fire and all this horrible, horrible stuff because God can't handle who you are. Yeah. And now I actually, same way, Joey, you were talking about, I feel some relief where I can go, wait a minute, God created me because of love. Mm-hmm. Let me start there. Now, are there things and that are bad for image. me? Sure. Yeah, yeah. And in his image. Yeah. And so there's things that are bad for me and there's things that are good for me, but I don't think he freaks out as bad to like, I don't think when I choose something wrong that his immediate reaction is eternal torment. That's what I was taught, though. That way I really was taught that. You know what right. I mean? Like, I, I, I can remember. I'm not kidding. I can remember literally taking a grape from the grocery store, and I prayed for two weeks solid that God wouldn't send me to hell. I was so sorry. Lord, please. For, I mean, this weight. And now yeah. I realize and go, that's crazy. And Matt, that's that OCD mm-hmm. mental disorder. I, I literally yeah, went to that bi- It's kind where, of a where I, I, yeah. I, had anxiety, I had anxiety for my God. I had yeah, anxiety it seems to me, God. based on that, that what you just said there, Toby, you're really identifying with Kayla and you guys are on the exact same page about God, except for she doesn't think he's real. Right. That's the only, that's a maybe, that's the only, that's the only difference there. I don't know. I wouldn't go she as far as saying I don't think he's over. real. I just don't know if it's like all the Bible stuff is yeah, real. Right, right, you know? Right. I think there's, well, I, I think yeah, there's it, probably it, it, God. It, there's got to be something. 
if you think of an everyday application, I know people say, well, you know, our thoughts aren't his thoughts, but I mean, seriously, let's just be very practical. If, if Ruby started to realize, wait a second, every time I don't do something, Ruby's Toby's dad. Yeah. uh, Every time I don't do something that my dad wants me to do and I'm going to start doing it continually and I'm going to start rebelling. He's going to start thinking, burning me mm-hmm. forever and like that just doesn't right. make sense no. like now could it be true sure but at yeah, least in dad. our minds it's yeah it's okay for us to say wait that does not make sense at all and then if god did create us he created us with a mind that does go there like wait a second well, that doesn't well that sound. that is exactly where the power play where this christianity in america has used its fear-mongering to scare us because the truth is what we're talking about right now is really, and what Kayla d- is doing, I believe, and, and Kayla, you might not see it this way. I think this is your first chance of actually wrestling with God. Like you might actually be seeking God right now, like whoever he is or she is or whatever, whatever you find, I, don't you think that you might be actually for the first time looking for truth? That's like before, what, what, was it not before just what these great people point. told you? This is yep. what God is, Kayla. Kayla, this is what God is. Yep. Because and, she's and, not and, and then you go, anymore. wait a minute, maybe that's not what God is. Can I just think about it for a minute yeah. it, without that? That's what I want. That is what I truly want for my kids. I want my kids to start and go, who is God? Let me, let me search that out and figure it out. And then I'll have a real piece of truth. And that's where I think you are. That's why it doesn't scare me anymore. When you say, I don't know who God is. Yeah. It maybe, doesn't scare I, me either. I hope, it used to, right. for the first like couple months, I was just like, oh my gosh, like I'm, I'm not a Christian. I'm going to hell. Like I don't believe right. in it, but still I still, I, I, but I still am scared of all of Gosh. this stuff, but it's you funny. Still had it's the like, fear. yeah, I mean, like with what you're saying, like, you know, the more I've just been trying to like shed the lies, like I've, cause yeah. I've lied yeah. to myself. I, I'm just pretty sure that there's stuff. a good amount of people in your congregation when you go sit in church or see the people at Hillsong oh, yeah. on stage and they're just, they're just, they're just pretending and they probably know it. Oh, right? I know a lot of ex Hillsong people that are no longer. What was Hillsong like? Was it, was it goofy or is it cool? Or like, what's, it, what's that was the thing? was a ride for sure. It was, it was <laughs> awesome and awful and challenging and exciting. I mean, it was, it was very emotional because it's, it's a very emotionally driven environment. And like I, like I said, the first service I went to, everyone was weeping and I kind of thought, Oh, this must be a special one, but no, it's just kind of, like that all the time. And and you just sort of learn, you know, for someone who's looking to belong to something, it's a very, very tempting environment to be in because everyone is so like, like amazed with God and, or or it sounds that way. And I'm like, Oh, they must, they must know because everyone's crying and everyone's speaking in tongues. And I definitely faked speaking in tongues a lot of times. (laughs) You guys, I've been there. I've been there. Were you I mean, guys like, united? What's that? Were you guys united? Oh, Hillsong United? No, that's that's a whole nother thing. <laughs> no, I was at Hillsong College. You are cracking yourself. <laughs> yeah, I was in I was in the college, so it was like there was two streams of college. It was like pastoral and worship, and I did the worship stream. And it's basically like learning how to be a worship leader. Um, and there was a lot of different classes we took about. You should get a refund. Worship leadership. Like you need a refund. No, my money parents can get a refund. Yeah, they you, pay for that. You found out that God's not real. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you them. can't get a job now. At most colleges, no, least, I like, literally can do that... nothing with my degree. Yeah. <laughs> like, it got me the internship at Marcel, I think. But like, 
yeah, other than that, I'm like, I have this. And the people are like, yep. cool. <laughs> oh, wow. So you've not. But it I was mean... fun. It was a great experience. I don't regret it. I made a ton of cool friends and awesome connections. And, you know, my Australian accent's really great. So, you know, you win. I love win Australia. I do love Australia. Yeah. So, so you're not, it's not been that hard to navigate socially, at least. Mm-mm. Just some relationships are, are. Yeah. Yeah. It's. It's not been as hard as I thought it would be. And I think that I thought it would be really hard because of how hard I was on some people that tried to yeah. do this with me. Do you wish that made you me had feel, come out? Oh, I've apologized sooner? to a lot of people about yeah, that. Yeah. Nah, I think that it all happened when it needed to happen. Because I think if, if I would have realized it before I went to Australia, there would have been a lot of people that I wouldn't know now that have really influenced my life. And I'm very like me. Yeah, like right. you, Matt. Like you. Um, but yeah, there's like a lot of a lot of stuff that I'm super grateful that I was raised in the church because there's a lot of good stuff there. So do you think people out there that are listening to this, they go, oh, that's me. I'm faking this shit. What do you want to tell them? I mean, make sure that that's your story, you know? Like, if you really feel that way, then go with that. But go, if you, you maybe live you in just Nebraska, have a couple doubts if you live in, you in, to find in, a different if church. If you live in the panhandle of Oklahoma and you go to a small church and it's just like where you were from or whatever, and you're... 14 years old and you're thinking i'm pretty sure this is bullshit but i'm going to go sing my ass off on sunday and cry when the lights come on <laughs> should they do that or should they tell, tell stand up and tell everybody they think this is bullshit what should they do i don't know i mean i know what i did <laughs> and it was fake it till you make it and i never made it so <laughs> I say as long as you're living under your parents' house, don't do that yet. Yeah, I would like 19. I'm just curious. That's a good question. If you feel like you have, you know, parents that you can say, hey, I have, you know, some serious issues with this and you could have those conversations or find like a, I mean, I had some conversations with like mentors and stuff like Mm -hmm. that about certain things. I'd be like, I have a lot of doubts. And I never really fully said what was going on. But, you know, I found some people to talk to, to, to like, I don't know unpack that with me mm-hmm. but yeah, i don't know i think it's just it just took me going through a lot of years of it not working to realize yeah. that i needed to change something yeah well there's a fundamental Sorry, question even, go ahead i was just gonna ask if you're into witchcraft now yeah yeah i'm putting curses do, on y'all do, right that's now. a good question is there some substitute or any other thing that fills fills this like a, a practice no, or a i just stopped going a, to church and what do you do on Sundays now? It's nice. <laughs> sleep in. I pet my cat. Chill out. Yeah. I, I mean, because yoga. Christianity was more than a hobby for you. It was your whole life. So it was. I, did, I mean, it's a little. So there was like a bit of emptiness, but I think like it was, like I said, it was a long, you know, pretty, pretty much like right when I moved to, to, Mar- to, to Marcel, to Seattle, um, I would say that I was never, um, I was not a Christian when I was at Marcel. Yeah. Um, so is the fundamental question to me is, were you ever, did you ever think or not? And that seems a little bit ambiguous to me. So I'm going to lean into the uh, analogy from my wife who insists, and I know everybody's like this. My wife gets a bad night's sleep and she insists. I woke up at like two when the dog went out. I did not go back to sleep. <laughs> that is not true. <laughs> she definitely went back to sleep. I'm certain of it. But in her perception, I've had that same thing. Oh, I had a flight early in the morning at five. And I didn't sleep at all. I kept waking up. I didn't. I don't think I slept at all. I, I definitely slept some. So, right. And that's the analogy I'm going to use here. I'm going to say you probably believe something sometimes. I think I did. Yeah. But you, I think you, I did. You know, it's like that night of sleep. You, you slept some. You say you didn't sleep at all. You slept a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
but it was so ingrained in you too. How could you yeah, not? Like you, just, you're going to probably believe some of it for the rest of your life. You're going to yeah. react as a Christian in future relationships or things at some point. Mm-hmm. Like it might just be an instant, but that's going to happen. Like it's it's so ingrained in you. You probably will act that way. And and a lot of it might still even be good. That's oh. what I think is cool about what you're saying. Like you're not saying all of it was negative. Like you've said some good things about the church and you wouldn't take back Hillsong, even though it was crazy, a wild ride, all this stuff. Like, I think it's good that you are looking at the positives too. Like, I, I think that's kind of a, a good way to look at it because you didn't necessarily have a choice of yeah. being forced, obviously, to believe, but you're trying to weird. make the best and out of it. And my parents didn't cool. have a choice being raised to believe what they believed and then to decide, right. you know, to marry each other and raise a Christian family. Like, oh, well, I guess weird. they had a choice in that. But like, yeah, as a kid, you don't have a choice <laughs> to be raised the way that you <laughs> yeah. want to be. So you just kind of have to deal with it. And yeah, I guess this was the hand I was dealt. I, well, so- I think that the, the biggest thing, like Kayla, is that you are scary to people, to Christianity. Yes. Let's just, just stick with Christians because they, like what Matt said, there's a lot more people out there that have some questions, have some doubts, and they're mm-hmm. like, uh, uh-uh, if she didn't believe, I got a, I got a war against this because I might not believe, and they're yeah. not. Maybe it's even su- uh, in their subconscious, but I really think that's when, when somebody comes at you hard, like you got to believe, hell, 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 mm-hmm. this because there's a little bit of doubt in them, and they're scared of what that means. Right. Yeah. So it's security and security. So take this one on for yes. size. How do, how does this strike you guys? Kayla identifies that she at some point, even during this process, is listening to our podcast and going and hearing other people that we've had on the show and going, oh. You can talk about that stuff. So you, you could look at it in a direct way that Yeah, y'all you, were involved in it. That you this. two assholes Damn it. Sorry. You know, got her out, you know, did this. I mean, you, you could even um, almost take some responsibility in the way. Then the question is, was it there and, and then what role do people like us or our guests that come on, Scott Mellinger, for instance, I don't know who who you listen to or whatever, but some people that've come on our podcast and said, I used to believe this, I don't anymore, this and that kind of thing. Yeah. And given that voice to people like Kayla and the people that Kayla's given a voice to now. It's a little bit bizarre from my point of view to sit here and go, look, I know a lot of you guys out there in church. That's who we're talking to right now. This is the Bad Christian Podcast. There's tens of thousands of people listening. I know a lot of you guys. It's a reverse altar call in a way. I know a lot of you guys don't believe. Yeah. I know a lot of you guys don't believe. So everybody with your headphones in you and your eyes closed, you can come forward now and tell yeah. your parents you don't believe either. Yeah. <laughs> I've been in a lot of manipulative church environments, like in an altar call where mm-hmm. they dim the lights and, you know, it's a beautiful piano. And well, this like, is the reverse of that, Kayla. I don't I don't think so because I don't think <laughs> your intention is to make people not believe. Your intention is to be honest. And I think yeah, that's what right. I'm trying to do. And that's kind of what I gleaned from listening to you guys is being like, oh, like, just be honest about the way you feel. And like, if you're wrong, Hopefully you can talk yeah, about that. that well, that's like, my point of view. If people don't believe, I don't want them to pretend to. Yeah, there's do not really no that. point in pretending because then you're just lying to yourself and you're miserable. And also nobody knows that you don't believe it. So they just they just believe your, your lie. That's right. Joey, do you want the people in your congregation, if there are 11% of them that don't believe, do you want them to come forward as they don't believe? Or do you want them to continue to pretend? Which would <laughs> you prefer? I asked my mom that question, Please actually. pretend because then I don't really have to try to get you to believe. <laughs> No, of course I don't want them to pretend. It's stupid. I mean, yeah. it's just ridiculous. Well, that's not the way churches behave, of course, is what I'm is what I'm saying. I mean, do you really? Do, I mean, seriously, do you think that if you asked another pastor that, would anybody really want people to just keep? I don't. I don't go by what people say. I go by the way people do. I think that. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I asked right my answer. mom that same question. It was like during one of the more heated conversations we were having about God. And I asked her, I was like, would you rather I just lied to you and right. never told you right. 
that. And and she kind of paused and said no, but I think that like maybe she thought about it. Like it might have been easier for me. Go by people's actions. Everybody will get that question right if you ask them. Everybody on paper will say, well, of course I want people to tell me the truth, whatever. That's not what you're dealing with. That's not the way you build your institution. That's not. That's not the way people behave. The way people behave tells you clearly they want you to continue to pretend. That is people's action. Maybe it's not us. Yeah. And I think I, I don't even know what that means about us, but. I think people's behavior clearly dictates we want everybody to conform. Yeah, sometimes I think that that they wish I would have just never said anything. I can't, you know, they yep. they don't claim that, and I think that they're glad, they're appreciative that I'm being honest with them. But it's also really hard to deal with yeah. that truth because you know, growing up the way I did, we didn't deal with truth very very well. You know, like yeah. certain yeah. things that would happen to our family that we would just never talk about, and you know, right. talking about things wasn't something you know talking about things honestly wasn't like a huge value growing up and not just right. with my family, just with the church environment that I went to. There was so much drama that happened that no one ever talked about. And yeah, just same here. This. Yeah. yeah. And I think well, that it sucks that you don't really get to enjoy Christmas anymore, but at least you had yeah. yesterday. Yeah. Halloween. Was I mean, great, I, you know, I'm sure I, we do. All three of us do think that you should work on Christmas day. Like that's, you shouldn't take yeah. that holiday. Now. And we had a really <laughs> nice present we were going to give you. I took it back, but it yeah. was going to yeah, be. Yeah, we good. took it back, but we had I a great I definitely have sang with you a couple times as a non-Christian, Matt. I hope that that didn't put any kind of hex on you. <laughs> Ooh, boy, does that mean about me? Oh, my gosh. Well, well I, any, I think we all know now, Kayla's the reason why Marcel went under. Yeah. <laughs> it is my fault. And I have no discernment. <laughs> yeah, you had no idea. Damn it. I thought I had, had a gift. no idea. Oh my gosh. I remember you telling me that's actually Matt, I have to tell you this Larry story. <laughs> Skyrocketing to the heights of Christianity. This is really funny. Right, well, thank you. Hold on, yeah, one more thing here. Us. One more thing here. Go ahead with that one. Okay. Well, this is a good way to end. Um, do you remember that one time that I uh was too sick to sing and Katie Katie Costello came up and sang? Yep. <laughs> so it was like during the time when I was sort of questioning and like testing my boundaries, and I had taken an edible oh, brownie. Really? <laughs> And the reason that I didn't come in that day was because I was still high. <laughs> yeah, it was a bummer. That I was your, it. Your sick, your, you, you phoned in sick because you were too yeah, high. Yeah, well, I asked Katie. I was like, Katie, I can't go in. Did you tell her why? Yeah, she knew Oh, why. she covered your ass. That's yeah. great. So thank you, Katie. She'll be listening to this later. That's great. Thank you, Katie. Thank you. Not thank you, Katie, but thank you, Kayla, also. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. good talking to you, Thanks Kayla. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you for your honesty. Hey, I want to ask you guys a question, like, and, and I'm, I'm serious. You guys can make some jokes and stuff first, but I really want to hear an answer. Would you guys be upset at all if I stopped believing? Like, if I was just like, guys, I want to still be on this podcast, but I just don't believe anymore. Like, I It'd have... be great for ratings, so no. Yeah, I'm good with that. If, if the only pastor Please on our be podcast... Serious. I want quit, to I'm know. being serious. If the only pastor on our podcast quit believing and the other two morons kept believing... How crazy would that be? I'd love it. I mean, I tell you what, Joey, this is the honest answer. I would be like, I'm not, honestly, I'm not even that worried about Kayla. I don't know what that means. I don't think, oh, shit, right. she's going to hell, but at least I have a guest on Tuesday night. That's not the way I think about this. I just think, okay, this is the level I'm on where I can talk to people about what they really think. I'm going to reserve judgment. I just, I'm just going to absorb this and try to engage honestly and not take that much to it. So even if it were you, I would do the same thing. And at the same time, I'm telling everybody out there, I have no interest in being a Christian. I don't 
care about being one. I don't need to be one. I just am one. And when stuff like this happens, and if you said you weren't one anymore, and the fact that Dave Bazan isn't anymore, and all this stuff happens, and I just look at myself and say, I still believe? I still believe? That makes me even think yeah. I must be, I must really believe. That's all, that's the only way I can can put it to right. me. I'm like, why would I believe still? I'm s- totally smart enough and secure enough to not need to. Why do I? But so to What's me, the- I only take away from that when other people don't, that I guess I really must. Because I promise you, so, I ain't got no pressure on me to believe this shit. Yeah. I have so no pressure guys- to believe this shit. I just do. Do y'all feel pre- do y'all feel pretty confident that this is for the long haul as far as your beliefs? Not that they won't change at all, but that you will believe. Do y'all think that's that's permanent? what I'm telling you? I don't have any way. I mean, of course I wouldn't believe if it, if I didn't. I would be, it would be the easiest thing in the world for me to not believe. So I guess I'm stuck with it. I don't even know what else to tell you. Gosh, that's yeah, crazy. I, well, well, I think I would I be th- disappointed if y'all didn't. I mean, I think I would be disappointed because it's just meant so much. Like, our Christianity has meant so much to our life and our friendship. It just has. It's an integral part of our friendship. It is. It would change our relationship some. The fact that we all believe the same means a lot. I mean, I would believe that the thing I would merely think is, if you said you quit believing, how would that affect your marriage? What would that be like? And not from the standpoint of, oh, you're going to hell. I'm saying that... it is something that we believe together. Same way as if you said, I hate the Green Bay Packers, it would change our relationship a little bit. <laughs> it just right. would. True. You know what I mean? That's true. It just would. But I think the thing for me, uh, like Matt says, he just does believe. I think for me, what's really crazy, and it's it's interesting when I hear Kayla talk and then our lives have been so parallel, and Joey, a lot of parallels with your life too. But the thing that really does keep me going is like, I just, I love the idea of Jesus. I hope that that is true. I cannot prove it except outside of my life trying to live for him. But like, I love the idea when I see all this crazy stuff in the world and all this stuff that there's this one guy that says, yeah, I love you. I just love you for love's sake. And I wanted to create you because I love you and we'll figure out the rest like that, that idea. I just have hope in that idea. Like, and, and, and it just makes me feel so great. Which is kind of the opposite I, of the fear stuff, at least. So that's right, nice. right, right. That that's where, yes, exactly. That's where I'm at. And I just think it's pretty awesome that that could be possibly true. And I hope it's true. And I, and I might be wrong, but I'm okay with it. And I can't get it out of my mind. Like I just, I know that I, like, I wish I could love my three kids that way. Like my kids fill me with so much love and they sometimes are the worst people on earth, but I just love them so much. They can't ever not be my kids. Like, I don't care. I mean, they might end up being the worst serial killers in the world, but they're my children. And so I'm, I, I, it might sound crazy, but like, I just want to forgive them. I want to love them no matter what. And I just hope that like, and I, and I, and I, I, I poor, I will do that poorly. But like the idea of there being a God that would love us for love's sake is just pretty beautiful. So I, I like that idea. If it turns out that there are a triple sibling set of serial killers, that would that would be some history there. That'd be that'd that be actually, a significant it, event. That like, actually would be. That you I mean what kind of dad I, I, did they have? It's the first ever three siblings together in on it serial killers. Like they terrible. Out of all my friends, I did. I would have bet money that Matt would have been ended up a serial killer. <laughs> I would. I mean, who else? Would, well, he Matt, just wants studies. I read He'd a serial killer body book one, one day ahead. off on a. Uh, one, this is a true story. Uh, you know, back before <laughs> the internet it. was popular, you know, we would do off days and we'd go to Barnes and Noble or something. You just sit there all day. You know, yeah. I couldn't do anything, so I'd go to Barnes and Noble on off days and just read whole books in there because I guess I didn't want to buy them or whatever. Uh, I read like Sam Harris's Letter to a Christian Nation one time. I just read whole books yeah. and they're about a hundred page book. I can sit down in one sitting and read or whatever. Right. I read a serial killer book in in this Barnes and Noble one day and I was 
terrified that I was one for the for the like I didn't tell y'all or anybody for like two days. I'm like, I'm going to do this. This is going. I am going to do this. I told you. I, I this is you. me. I'm one of these. That's what I thought. For I two believe days. it. <laughs> oh Lord! All right, y'all want to get to the best part Let's of the podcast? It. Can we? In a world where most likely your friend who's a pastor probably shouldn't be for reasons. <laughs> <laughs> wow. This is Toby Morell and this is the damn news. All right. Why that tickle news? you so much? It's just, it is funny. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't have, like that question you asked, I don't really have a fear about it because like, if God is true and Jesus is true, then it'll just prove himself. He, God will prove himself or her, whatever you want to say, wherever you're at in the world. I'm not trying to put, uh, you know, pronouns on, on even God. I believe God's a him. That's how I'm going to refer to him. That's just me. I'm not pushing on you. But if he's true, he's just going to prove himself to Kayla or he's going to prove himself to Joey. He's going to prove himself to anybody or it's not true and he won't. So, but either way, there is no fear. So it's just, it's just funny that I, that made me laugh because I was thinking you're the only pastor right now out of us three. And, you might be the most likely to quit believing. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably true. <laughs> like Matt, yeah, and talk I are about just baby out with the bathwater. Oh my gosh! Hey, <laughs> guess what? No more legalism, folks. <laughs> guess what else? <laughs> we're gonna sit. We're gonna be. We're gonna be hanging out at a coffee shop ten years from now, and we'll go. That uh, annihilationism is what took that motherfucker down. <laughs> Joe, you were a pastor for like twenty years. <laughs> hey, here's here's my proof that I here's my proof that I'm still saved is when Toby started talking about Jesus loving us, I got a little lump in my throat. So there's there's the proof, man. man yep, I agree. Yep, that, that, I mean, it does kind of boil down to that kind of thing. If you can get yeah. an emotional yeah. reaction, there you go. <laughs> All right, this comes from our good friend Dumpy Joey. He sent it today, and I thought this was a pretty interesting article. It comes from WCNC WCNC.com. That's NBC Charlotte. Hospital reports hospital report blames patient's fart for surgical fire. Wow. An operating room snafu out of Japan is generating headlines because of its bizarre nature. It seems a patient's fart ignited a fire that left her with serious burns. The incident took place. And, man, I want you to listen to this article really carefully and tell me if you think. I mean, this is on the NBC. It's not like a fake site or whatever. But I want to know if this is possible. The incident took place at a Tokyo medical center, and reports say that a laser was being used on the cervix of a woman in her 30s when she broke wind. According to a newly released assessment on the April incident released by the hospital, all equipment was operating normally, leading a panel to conclude that the woman's gas ignited the laser. <laughs> when the patient's intestinal gas leaked into the space of the operation room, it ignited the irradiation of the laser. Uh, and the burning spread, eventually reaching the surgical drape and causing the fire, says the report. The resulting fire burned much of the patient's body, though no details are provided about her condition. Um, and it says, this happens, um, writes a commenter who says the surgeon, who he was the surgeon's assistant, uh, not the first instance, instance of it in a long time either. So is that true? Like, you think, can a fart, which is methane, ignite a laser? Is that that's that's possible? can a laser ignite a fart? Uh, methane um, is flammable. You know, it's yeah. a organic compound, uh, CH four probably. I think it is. 
can a laser reach a temperature high enough to to cause combustion there? Does it? That would be yeah. the, the question. So it depends on. Well, but it depends I, but on I mean, the laser. I've seen people fart on a lighter and it ignites. It, 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 it wouldn't depend on methane. methane. I've seen you do it. Methane's flammable. Okay, so what it counts as a flame, and at what temperature can the so a laser pin? If you shine a laser pin up my butt and I fart, will it ignite? No. So I would imagine it would depend on what this laser technology is, and if it uh, either reaches a temperature or has some property that could cause combustion. That that's what it would come down to, not the methane part. That's all I can tell you, Joey. Have you ever lit your own fart with a, a lighter? No, I was just gonna say though, uh, I've definitely seen it happen, and it's crazy, man. Like. This dude got so afraid he like immediately was like patting it out because he he downed his underwear and this is my brother's call. I mean, first of all, we were just like, dude, why are you taking your underwear off? You don't have it was, we don't want to see that. But he lit it, man, and it was a big flame and it it scared him. <laughs> I'm serious. Like I I couldn't believe how effective it was. I don't feel like this story is totally true though, just because yeah, if you were doing that type of surgery, I mean, that would be a common thing. I mean. It would be factored into the technology of that surgery. That's true. So it doesn't That's true. hold a lot of water there for me. All right. I got one more news story for you. Uh, and uh, I thought this was interesting because uh, I've been hearing about this for a long time. This comes from Yahoo. Scientists have made a major breakthrough in developing male birth control. Nice. It's been more than 50 years since the first oral birth control pill was available to women. And since then, there hasn't been a similar product on the market for men. However, science is making huge strides. Researchers in the UK have developed a compound that temporarily deactivates a protein that puts the wiggle into the sperm's tail. Oh, nice. As a, as a result, the sperm aren't, aren't able to swim and therefore can't fertilize a woman's egg causing pr- uh, pregnancy. The results are startling and almost instant. When you take healthy sperm and add our compound, within a few minutes, the sperm basically cannot move, said the lead researcher, John Howe. Uh, Hal tells Yahoo Beauty that he all that he and his colleagues were very surprised at the stages of the at many stages of their research. Sperm are very difficult targets for conventional drugs, so we were delighted to discover that the cell penetrating peptides can target different compartments within the sperm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the question I have, uh, and Matt, maybe you can answer this. So it, it targets a protein, and sperm. It, Joey, you were a scientist. Here. Is sperm basically just a protein? What? What is the wiggle? Like, I've, uh, uh, man, I know you've talked about this before, but remind me. It's a cell. The wiggle, it's, it's an alive cell. The sperm is a cell. Yeah. It's the but smallest it, cell that the. But it's the not human. like a tadpole with a brain or anything. No, no, no. But it, but it is a cell and it has a flagella or a tail that, like wigg- a, that does wiggle. That's just its Just like an amoeba response. or like a, like a, I mean. Hey, our God is an awesome God, man. No, that's the, right. The tail swims up the fallopian. It needs it. No, but that's now, right. But they're just saying that will make the sperm not swim. So the interesting thing would be, would people oppose something like this? You know, because it's not anywhere close yeah. to fertilized. You're just neutralizing the ability of the sperm way before it would get to the egg or fertilize or anything right. like that. But the, so, but th- th- that wouldn't stop like a venereal disease still, right? I mean, you, you would still have some seminal fluid or something like that. Right. Right. That would still... You right. no, it's nothing to do. It's nothing to do with STDs. But I mean, think about that. It's just a simple technology thing, like a neutralized protein or something like that. And then all of a sudden, it wouldn't. You know, if there, if there was male birth control, it would like solve so many societal problems. It'd be insane because it'd be so easy. Because every guy that's out there just 
doing it is so much easier than what how invasive the birth control methods are for women, for instance. Well, that's what I was wondering. Will, will guys not be lazy though? Let me just take it. I mean, you wouldn't worry about it. I guess it. you're right. Like to not have to yeah. to not have to worry about ever getting a girl pregnant. And you take a pill or something. Of course you would do. It would have massive effects. It would be a big deal. The other thing that would be similar to is I always feel like is it would take the the, the pressure off the oh the women or the women's choice and all this burdens on the women, which it is with abortion and birth control and all and carrying right. the, to pregnancy and do you give it up for adoption? That stuff is all on the woman. It'd be great if the men could just say, well, ain't me. It ain't me. You know, it's right. I'll take this burden. I'll take a pill, and I'm not gonna knock anybody up. It would. It would help a lot of things socially. Um, that what Brid- Bridget and I uh, decided we definitely don't want any more kids. So I have this uh, Joey mask that I make Bridget wear, and that's male birth control. <laughs> it, yeah, your sperm immediately stops. Right. So it's just there's no chance we could have a third kid. After so this one. Yeah, Jess and I did the same. I, thing. I make we her wear this Joey this Joey mask, and I have a few pictures of Joey in our bedroom, and that just that does the trick for me. It's a less a little less technology, but it, it works. I can assure yep. you. I'm really glad that you don't want to have sex with me mm-hmm. so we didn't really say that yeah, i think it's similar I mean, to guns too like guns is a weird issue it's like man we make such a big deal out of it but i oh, will probably either technologically have weaponry way advanced of guns or to stop guns at some point and it, it can't be that crazy right it's just a technological right. solution can it will like here's what's interesting about it you know how many abortions male birth control It'll be millions of ended abortions. It won't be 100%, but, I mean, something as simple as every human gets given a pill when they're one year old and they have to take another pill before they want to procreate. Okay, abortion is in, effectively ended now. I mean, it's not that right. far off. Same with guns. Right. You make some technology was like, oh, well, you point it and it goes, it does exactly the thing that you want and it's not lethal. It's just a matter of technology and the gun issue just goes away and abortion just goes away. It's just gonna, Both of those things are just problems that will go away. I'm not saying in a decade, but maybe. I mean, it's not crazy that simple technology like protein, uh, you know, stunting a protein will just end abortion. Like you have to take, why right. not? You have to go to take a pill after you're age 18 to just, if you want to start being able to possibly impregnate somebody, it would almost end abortion if you did that. Well, how crazy would it be if you're like, ah, oh, there's a, a, a male pill now, but then you fart and ignite a laser and chop your wiener off. Yeah, or, yeah, or penile lasers. Like you're so happy, and then all of a sudden your wiener gets chopped off by the farting laser. Yeah, we, yeah, be we, a nightmare. We, all right, that's the damn news. All right. All right. Very good. Thank you. Okay, so all we right. had a big, I don't know, Joe, if you got any lists of people or if these things are current week to week, but, man. We're going to hold off on this because we got to reorganize, man. Yeah, it's we got to reorganize. Already so. a big influx of people joined the BC Club, and here's the reason why. We do an extra podcast every week. We're about to record one yep. right now when Toby gives us our sign-off, and we're going to sit here and chill out and shoot the shit and be a, maybe a, even a little bit more vulgar and low-key than we've been for the last hour and a half or how long it's been, which I think has been an hour and a half, so we got to go. Um, but go to the bcclub.com. You could join the BC Club, and you will get the special extra episode that we make every single week. And we've already had a bunch of people sign up, so thank you to all you guys sitting on the fence for coming on to the good side of it. And if anybody else is getting near that fence, yeah, why don't you just jump on over? Don't, don't spend any time sitting on it. Join the BC Club. Join our Facebook group. Hang out with us. Talk to us. Get our second podcast every week. And thank you, everybody. We'll see y'all at the Christmas party. Hey, would we rather them join the BC Club than to serve Jesus? Like, if they have to choose, which one do we want them to do? I'm going to go with BC Club for now. Okay. Uh, I'll reserve the right to change that later, like maybe as I yeah. approach the end of life or, you know, start to re- wrestle with more my more, own mortality more. But for now, I'm going to say join the BC Club. 